Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Inaugural baby episode here, Rob, with the little oh. nugget, Adam Jr., AJ. So, free, so freaking cute. Yeah, he's unreal. Oh, oh, he's smiling. He's smiling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In his sleep. In his sleep, he's smiling. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so he, he actually makes more, a lot more, uh, uh, does a lot more faces and, and shows, shows everything when he's sleeping than when he's awake yet. He kind of just stares at the wall and the ceiling when he's awake, but when he's yeah. asleep, he, he lets it all fly. So it's pretty good stuff. Okay, that was a, yes, no, for sure. He loves to have yeah. the hands up and, uh, uh, all right. So I'm going to pass them off before we have a meltdown. I know that was only 15 seconds guys, but, <laughs> but, but you never know, but you never know. So wanted to, uh, have everyone meet the little nugget and here he is. Prof. <laughs> Feel free to do the handoff. Yeah. The handoff. That's right. Prof. I, I mean, that's what happens when it gets, gets a little dicey for me. I just yell prof. I mean, <laughs> she, she sometimes I mean, comes. She, I mean, she has like, I mean, she has weapons I don't have, you know, I mean, what can I yeah. do? She, she can yeah. soothe and I cannot. And it's a little sad, but that's part of the deal, Robert. So yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, be, yeah. I'll be right back. Uh, yeah. Chat, take uh, your time. Hey Rob, chat with our uh, audience for a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm going solo. to. Okay, going. good. Good. So, so much to, much to Greg Dow's dismay, Adam's babies, Adam Jr. And not Mark. Uh, the reason Greg Dow wanted to name Corinne and Adam's baby Mark is for the simple reason of he's like, look, have you ever met a bad Mark? Marks are stand-up guys. They're they're good dudes. They're solid. They're not going to go off the rails. Have you ever met a bad Mark? This baby's name should be Mark. And then they just ended up naming it AJ, which, you know, Adam, you are in your boxer briefs. Goodness gracious. Just let... <laughs> that's a lot of man thigh right there. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Went with AJ instead, which, you know, AJ Kohler is a very unique character, very, very good dude, but very unique character. And, uh, that's, that's what they, that's what they named their baby after AJ Kohler. <laughs> that's what I come <laughs> right, back as, to. right as you put your headphones on. That's, that's what I come back to, huh? Is that yeah. we named our baby, but we did not name him Alois Julius. It was, yeah, it's very true. Very Which true. is, that'd been too just, obvious. I mean, that's just a strong name right there. Alois Julius. I love it. <laughs> Uh oh, Robert. Well, you having some allergies? Are you sick or something? No, it's the al- it's the allergies. The allergies have been getting me. So I just popped a Zyrtec, have a little Kleenex, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to persevere, Adam. There we go. There we go. There we go. Look, I'm Robert rocking the. Oh, boop, boop. oh nope, wrong side. Boop, boop. Yeah, that's right. Dropped about uh, twelve hundred at the shop. Oh man, I love that. You can just kind it's of. It's fun. Uh, that's fun. It's like you're shopping, but but you know you don't. Yes. <laughs> you get it. You don't pay. Yes. <laughs> You're shopping aggressively, spending over a thousand dollars on apparel and then not paying, which is, you know, that's pretty fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I got some gear. I got, I got, I'm playing a little bit tomorrow for the first time in quite some time with, uh, Colin Schick and you, you probably know Ryan Gilbert, the Gilbert brothers. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I get to use the power air for the first time. And, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe, We've talked about this briefly, Robert. I was thinking maybe that I would get a, a, a paddle with a little more power and maybe shorten up my swings, but I don't think I'm going to. I think just, I'm just going to keep 
keep on keep, keep it on with yes yeah. keep my swing my big back swing and just and just let it fly because no one cares about that's, me my career's over and that's just what it is but you're going to be cracking some balls with the uh, with the power air no that's for sure yeah so someone's yeah. going to pay uh, at least for a couple, at least for a couple points every game. <laughs> My favorite is your little like when you're when you're in that forehand dink cross court rally, and then you decide to just take a full swing. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's off the bounce or out of the air, and you just go straight cross court high right shoulder at somebody. Not trying to not trying to keep it in. Just you're no. you're going straight body. Yeah, but now that's fun. I, but now I think occasionally those will go in. Yeah. I mean, certainly not all the time, but I think instead of, you know, 5% and maybe I, maybe I'm making almost half of them. Who knows, Rob? We'll just have to see. Well, it doesn't matter if they go in as long as you hit them high, hit them in the body. Yeah, correct. Uh, big man, big target. I mean, that's just part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. What are we covering today, Adam? I know, well, I know pe- people, people have been wanting rankings. It, for us, it, I don't know, for me, it, it just feels weird and puts, puts, you know, people are sensitive to that. So, you know, I've been the bad cop for a long time, so hey, maybe maybe this is your this is your time. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. But man, it's uh, I have no doubt that I I don't. I mean, how long have we been doing this, Rob? When, when did I do the, the the ranking? The first rankings I did was pretty early on. I can't yeah. imagine the amount of change that would <laughs> would happen from the initial rankings to right now. I know it's been less than a year, so I think it was last uh, August or something like that, September maybe. Yeah, but the people are kind of yeah, they're kind of uh, a couple people have made a, made some posts about uh, yeah. running it back on the rankings and yeah. yeah, I think we might have to do that and uh, but but it is it's not just that you're ranking you know your friends and colleagues but now with GM stuff this is pretty sensitive information so yeah. I mean the the community is pretty tight a lot of this information kind of circles around but I think that. You know, especially last draft, and it'll still be some this draft. People are kind of searching for, uh, you know, the the and rankings people's in opinions the, on in the player and sure, yeah, and the player information, all that stuff. It, it has quite a bit of value if it's if it's legit information coming from the right people. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you you dump you dump your top twenty five rankings and get pretty specific on why. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what a GM does. You're kind of yeah. just throwing it out there to the public. So, uh. You know, maybe maybe we're not quite at that. Maybe I'm a little too sensitive. We're not quite at that level yet, but it kind of feels that way that maybe I should keep some of that info a little tighter to the vest. Yeah, and honestly, I think the bigger the bigger issue here, the bigger issue here is that we should like we shouldn't have to create subjective rankings, right? Like there should be there should be pretty objective rankings based on not only skill and duper and and you know, kind of a rating system, but actually also somehow combining it on points, which obviously very, very difficult when you have, you know, results coming from multiple tours and another league. So it's, it makes it challenging in that respect. But um, yeah, I think they're like, it's pretty wild that we still have to create subjective rankings based on, based on what we think true rankings are throughout based on everybody playing different events and stuff. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. It is, uh, it, it's, it, it really is tough, especially with the, I mean, it's like, a, it's a reasonable debate too. It's like, uh, I mean, you're, you're kind of in that situation. I know you're sprinkled in, going to play some PPAs, I believe, but you know, the, the, where does that rank like a quality 
app result like where, where does that exactly rank and you know yeah. algorithm or not you know a ranking system the variety of it, it it's it's hard to, to pinpoint that exactly what that means like what does a gold at the app is that a fifth six at a ppa is that a bronze at a ppa like what what exactly is that and uh i, I just don't see it being perfect or close to it for for a while <laughs> Yeah. And it'll be interesting just, uh, cause I don't think, I don't think the APP is going anywhere, man. Like the, yeah. from what I'm, from what I'm hearing is they're going to up the ante a little bit next year. You know, that's just off of some hearsay. I haven't heard anything concrete, but it feels like, uh, this kind of split tour thing is going to continue on. And if, I mean, I hear the prize money is going to get better again, hearsay, right. But mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, super interesting to see um, how it's all going to shake out. I mean, obviously, the, the PPA has the premier talent right now. And the APP kind of dialed things back this year to try to build, you know, a solid foundation to keep growing in the future and to make it a little bit more sustainable and not kind of, a, um, you know, who can raise the most money and, and spend the most and create a big production right away. So there, it's just two different strategies. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next step and what the next level is for the APP. It looks like they're, you know, they're doing a good job pulling on new sponsors and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what that, what that next jump is for where they're at now to where they want to go. Yeah, no, no, exactly what you said. And that's next year or down the line. So who, who really knows? Because they kind of pulled the rug out. Uh, they, they overextended and kind of pulled the rug out, which I think was probably from a business standpoint, the right decision for them. I, I yeah. don't know exactly. I mean, that's, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but, uh, it, it does seem that way. You see these little videos about some of the players. I feel like I'm seeing a little more social media, maybe some more content from them. And, you know, those aren't really things uh, kind of building up the players and having the fans have relationships with those players through clips, through uh, live stream and stuff like that. That doesn't seem like something that you're going to want to do if, 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 if you're not planning for uh, an extended stay, uh, uh, as you mentioned with the tour war. So I, I, I like it. And, you know, we, we, we talked about this at nauseum, you know, a year ago, if, if there's two tours, it's just, it, it could be a better situation for everyone, especially the players, uh, uh, you know, uh, even though it is pretty clear cut A and B tour right now. Yeah. And I think as long as, as long as the APP has decent enough prize money and decent enough earnings, like you're going to have these guys like Andre Diescu and you're going to have Paris Todd and uh, some of these people, Susanna Barr, that, that Rob Nunnery, Rob, yeah, Rob Nunnery for sure. That, that play the APP and kind of make, make significantly more money over there than they could on the PPA. So, you know, from an earnings standpoint, you have, you know, people that are outside that top kind of top 12, top 15 that can make more money than they would if they were on, if they were just grinding through the PPAs and making seventh eighths and, you know, the occasional, the occasional fourth, fifth, you know, or even getting on the podium once every whatever six or seven tournaments. So, you know, there's, there's trade-offs for both, right? Because, you know, when I do go play PPAs, I love playing the top talent, the best in the sport. And, um, you definitely get that at the PPA and the APP is, you know, 
a lot of the a lot of the newer players coming in and you know some established but for sure the top you know if you're going to play the best in the world you're going to do that at the ppa at this point so that's uh yeah so playing app is better earnings but you don't get to see how you stack up against kind of the the top players so there's um and as a competitor i think you want to do that yeah right and and it just just as long as it doesn't get too lopsided uh there there will be a decision point for these players because i mean i had to make it whatever it was two or three years ago you know do at the initial signing you know and i think a lot of that was more baked in like future where's the tour going to go but in that exact moment it was absolutely the right move for me financially to play the app tour so as long as they stay somewhat close and it isn't you know just a you know, completely 10 out of 10 for the PPA and, you know, obviously uh, uh, really low on that scale for the APP, then people and players, uh, especially players with a little less, that are a little less established are going to have that decision. So do they, yeah, yeah. do they, do they go it's, be a bottom end or a middling player on the PPA or do you be, be a superstar? Kind of a similar situation to, you know, what, was I going to go be just some guy on a division one tennis team, or am I going to go division two or division three and kind of be the guy or be a top, top two or three player. So uh, yeah. a lot of that, it's, it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. And everyone has a little uh, uh, personal reason to, to make that choice either way. And another kind of point I'm just thinking about on this is just thinking about, you know, different tours and different sports, right? Let's, you know, at this point, uh, you know, as I said, the top players are at the PPA, right? Not that the APP doesn't have players that are right there in that mix, but overall across the talent pool and pro pickleball right now, the PPA has the premier talent. That's not really up for debate. Yeah, clearly. Um, so with that premise in mind, with the PPA, call, let's call it the premier tour and the APP kind of that that next level tour, it, like in other in other sports, call it, let's say tennis, for example, let's say somebody just wants to, let's say a decent pro tennis pro wants to play all the challengers, right? And just, they clean up winning challengers. Are they making more money than, than being in like the main draw of ATP two fifties and five hundreds? Because I, I, I don't think so. Right. I think they're making less money winning the challengers, but I'm not I would entirely guess that sure. As well. I would yeah, guess so, that as well. So if that's the case, um, you know, just looking at the PPA and they're paying per round in the main, they're not paying, in the back for wins or anything like that. And one other thing that I learned this past weekend in Atlanta is that you're not actually getting points if you win backdraw matches, unless you get fifth place. So you get zero PPA points if you lose, well, if you lose in the main, and then let's say you win three or four matches in the back, you're getting zero points, zero. You have to win the backdraw to get, to get any to get, points. To, to get any points and any money, okay. which I find pretty, pretty, strange and wild yeah. because if you're winning matches if you're winning matches you should be getting points period in a ppa may draw in my opinion so yeah. that's uh that's just kind of the other point is like if if you know if ppa is going to be that premier tour then you know somebody winning app's should be able to play call it the premier tour and make just as much money even if they're not necessarily winning the ppas is that fair or no? Yeah, no, 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 I, no, I, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, it is. I, I didn't even know that, that, that information that you told me about that you learned in Atlanta. I, I, I didn't realize that you had to win the backdraw to even get points. Uh, 
that's just yeah that's what somebody mentioned so you know i haven't looked at the how the points are distributed and all that stuff i just that's that was my understanding yeah so yeah just you know enough kind of about the tours but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out yeah no definitely uh, i i mean it's been besides for not having the dang stream on thursday and friday which is definitely sad uh it seems like they're they're hanging in there you know i've seen these clips i see you know whatever alex strong flipping up her hair and hitting a big two-handed backhand i see you pointing at the camera i see you know andre and Susanna out there so they're 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 going for it and they're they're you know they're putting some stuff together for their players so uh the more the merrier let's go are you are you in are you in new york right now i am in new york yep you are in okay where where are you in new york you're in a hotel yeah, um, it's it's nice. I'm six minutes from the venue, which is Ooh. which is pretty hard to do in New York. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm doing it. Hey, Robert. Uh, uh, this tournament wasn't great for us last year, Robert. Oh man! I so I went and hit some balls last night with uh, Jack Monroe, who I want to talk about him in a minute here. Oh yeah, and he's on the and he's on the came up. team. Yeah. yeah, you came you came up in that conversation because his mom was there too, and he's like, she's like, I've known, I'm at Adam Stone, like must be six years ago because she was like a host for the triple crown oh it, it we'll, we'll talk about all that it was yeah good. go ahead yeah, yeah. Sit, tell your tell your thing yeah but yeah no i just went went last night kind of late and before, right before it started raining i was just hitting some balls with jack and man i was just like i was like oh and i think it was like the same court where where i played my last mix match and then <laughs> went to a deep squat and popped my meniscus <laughs> and i was just like oh i mean i haven't thought about this place in a minute and then at i remember least I was, just, at least i was like in an actual point you're stretching in but after your match. I'm, I'm done for the day i'm done for the day doing like a you know a cool down stretch and i popped my meniscus in a cool down stretch Are you kidding me and then uh and what didn't someone didn't someone tell you just to like put a bag of ice on it. You'll be fine tomorrow or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this guy seems like a nice guy, but I hobbled over to the core therapy place, this guy, Brett, um, and he's deep into Paris's upper thigh, you know, massaging. And I'm just like, I can't, I can barely stand. And he's like, I'll, I'll get to you. I'll get to you. I'll get, I'll get to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Like I know, like I see like a flap, like I see something protruding out of my inner knee. I'm like, okay, something's wrong, and it Paris hurts. Paris is a little and tight. Paris is a little tight. Paris is a little tight. So he, yeah. So he wasn't gonna, <laughs> he wasn't gonna stop her treatment, right? You got to treat her. So he continued on with that for you know the next. I'm not kidding. Probably 15 more minutes while I'm just watching. I'm like, this is dope. And eventually gets to me, lays me down, does some like tests and stuff on my knee. And he's like, just make sure you don't ice it, which, you know, whatever. Some people think no ice. Some people think ice. Regardless, he was like, okay, you look, it seems pretty fine. He was like, by the way, you came over here. I thought it was going to be something serious. And he was like, he was like, just in the morning before you play tomorrow for men's, just, you know, come over. I'll, I'll put some tape on it and, and you should be good to go. And I was like, okay, sweet. And. Yeah, it turns out I had like a pretty com complex meniscus tear and I went to, uh, uh, you know, the next week was MLP Austin and I went to a sports med doctor there and, and I was planning on just getting like a steroid shot just to try to play through it. And she was like, you know, did the, did all the tests and she was like, you absolutely like, this is, yeah, this is more serious than that. You, we can't just give you a steroid injection. You have to get this fixed. And uh, yeah, that's, 
So yeah, flashbacks being on those courts yesterday for sure. Yeah, right. And my, I just, I'm playing Chuck, I'm with Deckel and we're playing Chuck Taylor and Rafi Hewitt and Rafi Hewitt, it's, it's an inside out, inside out lefty forehand and I make a step uh, in the midcourt to go over and get it and felt like someone shot me with a BB gun in my cap. Mm. <laughs> I actually, I actually fell down and I looked behind me. I thought I got hit with the ball. Like I was like, I was like, oh, how did I something. get spiked? Yeah. Like, how, how, I mean, there's a fence back there. Like, how the hell did I get spiked hard with the ball? And then, yeah. you know, and it was kind of funny too, because I kind of like hobble over to the bench and the guy, so I guess you have two calf muscles. And so one, one was good and one was not good. So he was like, he'd like press one. I'd be like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, that's nothing. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And then he'd go over to the other one. Like, ah, and, you know, I just freak <laughs> out and, you know, so I was like thinking for a second I could continue to play, but yeah, uh, uh, both, both injuries were unfortunately not short-term injuries. And, uh, Hey, at least you got back in on the court. It basically ruined my career and my career is over. So <laughs> that, that, you know, whatever. not to whatever. be dramatic but whatever that yeah, was well, not to be, yeah not, i'm not dramatic at all but you know so uh but yeah no that's that's uh that's funny that you saw junior met monroe who uh yeah basically you know was kind of i mean he was a very solid pro uh youngest 5-0 ever there was a pretty funny article oh i didn't i didn't know this stuff. Years yeah. Ago. oh yeah. yeah oh yeah so he he played and uh actually my very first tournament i played him <laughs> and uh so we went to the, so we had the triple crown in Simi Valley, which I'm trying to get again. It would be so great for the oh, PPA to, to, yeah. to at least once a year, have a women's triple crown and a men's triple crown. You know what I'm saying? It would be so awesome. Three mm -hmm. days of gender doubles. And so we're at the house, uh, Nicole Monroe, uh, and her husband. And, and then there's junior men, the, the kid. And I mean, we have, Matt Wright staying there, Wes Gabrielson staying there, Tyler Loom. Like we have like 10 pros. This is back in the days when people are like sleeping on couches and cots and, you know, whatever. You're just trying to get free housing. So it was – So there's something very cool about that also though, you know. So yeah. it's nice to have your own hotel room and everything paid for and you're all set up. But it's also kind of cool to, to sack out – and just kind of crash somewhere with, you know, 10 dudes, everyone scrambling in the morning to get some bagels and cereal. And then you go play. And that's yeah. actually where I met Colin and Deckel. I there in the living room, there's three couches. It's me, Colin and Deckel uh, on, on the three couches in, for that whole weekend. And that's pretty much the whole reason why Deckel's even playing pickleball. If he wasn't in that living room with me, I wouldn't have played TOC with him and he, and he'd be back in Israel. So it, it's kind of <laughs> funny how, how all these things work. And uh, so fond memories of, of that tournament and that family. They were very hospitable to all the pros and took really good care of us. So I, I'm excited to work with him a little bit on the APP national team. And I, he's got some slippery stuff. He really does. Oh, he's good, so he's, man. He's, yeah, he he's started talented. playing basketball in, in high school. So he stopped pickle, started playing basketball, and now he's pick it, picking pickle up again is how, how I understand it. Got it. Yeah, his mom, his mom dropped a little line yesterday that I was like, what? She was like, oh, yeah, when when uh, Jack started playing pickleball six years ago, I'm like, six years ago? He's yeah, kid's 19, yeah. I think. Yeah. Started playing when he was like, oh. So I, I had no idea he was playing that long, and I had no idea that he stopped playing. Or I, I just, you know, I've seen his name recently, and I've heard his name a little bit from just when I was in Austin, that kind of thing. Like, he's super talented. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's good. He's a big lefty. He's got fast hands. He's he's going to be I think he's going to be a very, very good player.
Yeah, he's athletic and he's he, he kind of had, I don't know, five years ago, just five or six years ago, he had some, you know, some baby fat and he was a little, yeah. you know, maybe a little sluggish with the footwork teenager style. And what I've seen, the little clips or, or some of the, the brief uh, uh, live stream stuff I've seen from him, he he slimmed up. It looks like a pretty athletic kid. He's got some hops. Uh, basketball players are good at earning. So, uh, yep. Yep. you know, all, all, all good stuff or all good tools to work with. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if he can uh, make some noise a little bit uh, moving forward in the pro ranks. I'm uh, I'm actually going to play with him in a tournament. I'm so like, I like, like I, well, I need to use pickleball more as like, just as like an experience, like an avenue for experiences, which I've, you know, it's so easy to get kind of lost in the grind of, you know, tournament to tournament, you know, all that stuff, especially with all the content stuff I'm doing outside of it with the pod and the show and now these corporate events and stuff like that. So to kind of break up the the grind of that, I'm going to go over to the English Open in August and play with Jack there and Emily Ackerman there. And it sounds like there's quite a few uh, good players going. So Ryler and Fudge are going. Um, you got Andre's going to go over. Susanna Barr is going to go over Emily Ackerman. So it's going to be pretty cool to have like a good contingent of pros over there to to kind of, you know, spread pickleball into into england so looking like forward it. to that no, no that, that's a that's a good uh, yeah you know balance is hard rob and you're exactly right yeah. you know inside of hotel room court eat do it all over again you know it's easy to get lost lost in that shuffle so to chop that up or or try to have a a, a every third or fourth trip where you, you do something kind of special or have an experience, you know, makes, makes a lot of sense to me. So that's, that's really cool. And that's, yeah, yeah. some nice players going over. I, I think kind of previously I would see maybe one or two pros going over to kind of make a vacation out of it. But that was, that was a handful. That was, you know, approaching 10, 10 very solid uh, players uh, heading over. So, you know, Nash, I mean, internationally is, huge for for tons of different sports and I, I don't see it being any different for pickleball so it's great to see uh you know i have to say it rob say it across the pond everyone across likes pond, to say yeah. across the pond it's really gotcha. nice it's really fun and you know i i just i don't know I, I we'll see how i hit with this power air i might make that trip across the pond uh and jump in there in, in the action you know i mean i'm starting to to i wouldn't say i'm itching but i'm thought about pickleball occasionally in the past, you know, month or two as where, you know, that first six months after the injury, I didn't really think about it at all. So, yeah. And you get the itch even more when you have like the idea of a new paddle too, right? It's like, yes. and that's yeah, why, that's it, why paddle cells are crazy. And why, you know, whenever a company comes out with a new paddle, it's like, maybe this is the answer. Yeah, what could right. I, like, what sure. could my game be like playing with this? Absolutely. But yeah, so it does, that, that does increase the itch. Cause like whenever you get a new paddle, you're like, okay, I want to go take this baby out and see see how it does yo i'm excited this afternoon yeah. i'm gonna be letting it fly it's gonna be really fun yeah. uh just scoop those forehands get all that spin rob come on oh, let's go baby. you're gonna be a new player you're gonna be able to do stuff with the ball you've never but you've never done before adam <laughs> and i also might be uh hitting uh head high drops and blocks from the midcourt <laughs> these first couple of days yeah. as well yeah. so yeah. yeah you know it gives you know you get and you give uh it, it's never perfect so uh yeah, all good. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that, that. Those are some cool names. I believe Ackerman too is going to do that little APP thing, the APP national team, which is basically just 
me going to a couple tournaments, uh, working with them a day or two before, and then kind of watching them play their matches, giving some, you know, some on-court coaching and, and, and things, things like that. So it's pretty cool. I like that format a lot. Uh, I miss my college coaching of tennis. I do not miss my country club teaching, but I definitely miss that, that camaraderie and like having real talent to mold and like actually see, you know, them get better or grasp it or help, you know? And and when you see that with, especially with kids around that age, it's pretty rewarding and pretty cool. So uh, I think it'll be a fun little endeavor to, uh, to kind of help out uh, those guys games and see if anyone can't take a step uh, forward and really get in the mix from that group. Yeah. So give, give me more context around, around that. Cause I don't really know much about what like the APP national team is or, or how you got involved or what your role is and right. how that, how right. that all came about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I was playing a, a, quite a bit on the APP tour, you know, a couple of years ago and then also did some commentating last year. So, you know, uh, of course they kind of, you know, trim some fat with some budget stuff and kind of went a different route uh, as opposed to just fully competing with, you know, some of the money of the PPA. So uh, Ken just wanted to keep me involved in some capacity. And so when he had this idea, he just reached out to me and, uh, you know, I was basically like, I got a lot of stuff going on, including the new kid. I can't commit to a lot, but I would love to be involved in some capacity and, and get to a few tournaments. So I believe Chad Edwards is going to be doing uh, some of it as well. Uh, maybe kind of going when I can't go and vice versa. And uh, yeah, so there's, uh, I, I can't remember all the names. There's quite a yeah. few. So it's a lot of those, you know, those APP uh, younger players kind of ranging from 16, 17 up to 21 or 22. So I know Jack Foster, there's Emily Ackerman, there's Junior Met Monroe, uh, there's, I'm, I'm missing Ava Kalist, I believe Richard Livernice, um, the tall lefty young kid. I, I, I don't know who he is. I think you've actually Jayden. played him. Uh, he's yeah. Jaden Broderick. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, just, just kind of some of those kids that have talent, maybe haven't fully gone for it and, you know, have, have some form of physical tools to, to possibly take a next step, but kind of in that, that lower or middle range. And they they need to break through, and hopefully I can help them do that. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, super fun. I agree. I agree. So uh, I love all my I love all my four O's and four fives that I that I teach uh, you know locally and and randomly around the country. But there is something a little special to uh, a pro level player and helping uh, working with them and, and molding them. So it's it is exciting and it is cool, and I'm you know happy to be a part of it. What's what's the next time you're in action in terms of work and pro pickleball outside of this podcast? Obviously, are you uh, right? Is MLP yes. next? No, it'll be. I'm going to do uh, Dallas, which is pretty soon. Oh, actually. sick! So yeah, next weekend. I was thinking of maybe doing something uh, uh, at the PPA before San Clemente, but that would I'd be gone almost two weeks with yeah. with it being back to back, and I'm not going West Coast, coming back East, and then going back. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it worked out great that I was able to get another PPA without having to piggyback it with MLP. So, uh, yeah, that's the plan. So we're going to go Dallas, then we're going to do MLP and, uh, I'm hoping a, a few more PPAs, uh, through by the end of the year, but they are, you know, very much 
not uh yeah they're they're kind of contacting you they're kind of doing some tryouts with a variety of commentators and so they're not giving you a huge amount of notice maybe only a month month and a half so i'm not exactly sure the specifics yet but uh either way plenty plenty of stuff going on and uh yeah, but I'm I'm excited to get back in the booth, and I'll definitely be doing that at the Beer City Open with you on a Thursday. Is that correct? Do that is correct, that, Robert. That is correct. <laughs> That'll be fun. So, uh, one thing I noticed about the PPA this last weekend is we had a on the grandstand court. We had a little lighter vibe. We had the very yep. official main court and the grandstand court. We had a couple different commentators and then random players coming over to pop in for in-between matches or maybe after they got busted out of the tournament. I was, I thought it was pretty cool. So I was, I even talked to Dave Fleming about it and messaged him. And I think it would be pretty cool just to have uh, me, myself, and I, one person over there has a good relationship with a lot of the players and they can kind of funnel in and occasionally give commentary a little lighter feel than that yeah. main court. I'm, I'm hoping they come up with that. Cause I think that would be really cool, especially for the kind of the, the hardcore fans and that real core that loves the YouTube chat. Um, yeah. What do you think about that, Rob? I think that should be the only commentary that happens. That happens. right? That's my take. Like, I yeah. think, I don't, yeah, I don't think we like, yeah, the, the official quote unquote official commentary. Yeah. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of, I like the kind of the low, like this is pickleball. Like it's, it's really short time in between points. I know people hate when you're talking over points, but I kind of like the idea of just pretty casual laid back people pop in and out. You kind of have one core host for the day. That's, that's keeping you up to date on what's happening. And yeah, that would be you, Adam. And then you have, yeah, as players are able, they pop in, chat a little bit. I think it's good exposure for the player. It's good to get pretty unique insight from different people and not just the same people all day, every day. And yeah, you're right. It has just like a lighter, more casual vibe and you're watching great pickleball. And yeah, like I said, I, I think that should be how it is across across both courts. But, I, you know. Rob, I, I think you said lighter and casual twice each does that yes. describe someone that you know light and casual does that possibly a commentator that's you, that you know see that's you hey don't get me wrong i love being on the uh, the big boy court the official stuff with the tennis channel and all these great you know broadcast companies coming in but the uh, a light vibe a laid back with getting some really cool insight and stories from uh you know, players a, a, as they come through, I, I think that might be something that is even cooler than uh, the big boy court. So uh, we'll, we'll see if it ends up happening. But, you know, when you get whoever, you get Irina on there, you get Leia yeah. on there, you get you get somebody just kind of talking about random stuff. People love that. And yeah. it, it really does help you connect uh, with the players because uh, a lot of them are much different on and off court. And you want, you, you want a little bit of both. I think it gives you the, the total package. So maybe, maybe we'll get something like that going uh, either way. I know it's, I know it's tough. Uh, you got a lot of things factored into it, money, uh, who you're going to do with it, da, 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 extra stuff. So uh, I yeah. think it would be cool if that did happen though. Yeah, a couple points on just the, that came to mind in terms of the commentating. Like one thing, like when I'm just watching a stream and and there's, you know, either whether it be chirping or whether it be somebody talking to the ref, 
one of the players talking to the ref, you're always wondering like, what, like, what are they saying? What's happening? What's going on? And, you know, they're doing a little bit of a better job of kind of like, you know, showing that replay of like trying to understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. But in, like, let's say for example, in tennis, like there's always a mic down there where you can hear what the players are saying to the umpire. And that's super intriguing. Like everybody wants to watch that. Everyone wants to see the player get pissed off talking to the ref or umpire about whatever their complaint is or whatever's happening. Cause that creates intrigue. And I think, I think pickleball needs to do a better job of having like mics around there to be able to capture like what's being said on court, because that's what fans want to hear. That's like, you want to know what's the controversy on court. What are they pissed off about? So you know, that's one note where I think we can we can do a lot better job of of capturing some on court theatrics and stuff of what's happening. And um, yeah, that's, I, I forgot my I forgot I, my. Idea. I think that's huge. I think that is a phenomenal idea. Why don't we have a microphone to hear exactly what they're saying instead of my dumb ass talking over them trying to figure out what's going on? Uh, yeah. I I'm super guilty of it but I've been trying to do a better job of when there is controversy or there is something we can pick up from court for me to try to be quiet. And I've, I've talked over it way too many times and all the commentators out there uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. But I think if we just, if we just had a mic or two set up in, in the right spots, we could just, we could hear it in real time. And yeah. that is pretty cool, I think. And that yeah. provides a, a new little wrinkle of value uh, to, to the broadcast. And I, I think it's great because it's, it's really important. I mean, that's, that's what gets the juices flowing. That's what you want to hear. That's the type of stuff that when you're tuning in, having something like that chop up, listening to me for an hour straight, and then you get some good stuff and then whatever. I mean, that's, that, that's what you want. And I, I think that that's a great idea. And I tell you what, there's going to be some pretty pretty colorful stuff uh, picked up by those mics. And I think that's, you know, that's uh, maybe dicey a little bit of the time, but overall way, way, way better for the broadcast. Yeah. That's on the, that's on the players, right? If they, you know, yep. if they know there's encore mics, they'll button it up a little bit, hopefully not too much, but you know, maybe, maybe hold back some of the stuff that you wouldn't want children to hear, but <laughs> It's like, it's important to capture that because, you know, if you look on any kind of social platform, like you see clips of great points. Yes. Whether it be tennis or whether it be pickleball, but what's getting more views is, you know, watching Zverev crank a racket into the, to the umpire's chair and smashing it to a million pieces. Right. Because like, whoa. So yeah, I think pickleball has come a long way in terms of, you know, broadcast and commentary, but I think it needs to do a little bit better job of capturing some of the live on court audio and, and happenings and not just that, but like also storylines, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of history between these players that are playing on court. There's a lot of, you know, chirping back and forth. There's a lot of things that have happened that, you know, for you, as a commentator, Adam, who's been a high level player and that is very ingrained in pickleball and knows a lot of the, you know, backstories and storylines of people's relationships on and off the court, super valuable to, to share that stuff because that's what, you know, if, if somebody's playing another person that's, you know, got dropped, for example, or used to be tight, but this happened and this is why, like for a fan watching that, it make it just creates that 
additional level of intrigue right. watching it because now you're noticing stuff right now you're noticing that like if this person wins a hands battle against the other person that's why that stare down's happening which is right, right. super fun and super like it just makes it makes it way more fun to watch when you have that information in context yeah no i love to share some of that stuff i try not to overshare but i think i was watching something the other day and it was when it was when Deckel and colin were playing together and uh, I, I think they were talking about how they never, they have never played together before, which is true for a PPA, I believe. But I was like, I just, man, I was like, wait, I wish I could be in the booth because they traveled together playing tennis. They played doubles together, but they had some issues gelling. I know Deckel and both Colin, they're kind of oil and water when they get on the court together. So if I could have shared that, the backstory of them playing tennis together, they're on the same MLP team, but then you can kind of maybe notice Colin getting frustrated with Deckel or vice versa, or you can pick up these things and then it all ties into that backstory. So just a very small example of that, but you know, that's, that's good stuff. And, you know, being, I, I'm, I'm probably, I, I really don't know. I'm probably just have an average voice and average ish commentary. But if you have those extra pieces of information, I do have plenty of those. And I think that those really do, uh, uh, help a lot to, to kind of tie, tie together, uh, uh, the on court and the off court stuff. And that's, that's what people want. It's just what they want. It is what people want. One other, uh, so I just, just talking about broadcast stuff keeps coming to mind that like, I've just thought about, but camera, camera replay for a video challenge on the PPA has got to change. It's, it's okay. Yeah. No, we talked about this a little bit with your ATP, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, different camera angles different but even like the the fact that we're actually able to do challenges on the ppa tour with those with those camera angles as a video replay you don't get anything from those replay angles you can't yeah. tell yeah. from kind of an overhead shot from like across the courts like just it's very simple no like create you know cameras on the lines period the end done mm -hmm. very easy to tell if the ball is in or out so why are we using old school what it looks like old school grainy video footage to like it just looks bad like yeah. you have everything else looks good beautiful production beautiful backdrop video board and then we use these nice. camera angles for a video challenge replay and you can only do it in the quarterfinals and and beyond it's like why it's the same it's the same process just so why not do it in the second round or the first round mm -hmm. The quarterfinal yeah. thing, they, they like their quarterfinals, you know, they want to keep it. Start paddle testing. Whatever, whatever before, whatever before, uh, lots, of, regulation, <laughs> lots yeah. of regulations after. But here, so, uh, but if we, if we did have some mics on the court, I tell you what, there'd be a few people I, I would guess who would not filter. And I think one yeah. of them might be, one of them might be Leia Jansen, uh, a frequent guest of the, of the show. And man, I tell you what, somebody posted something on Twitter about who has the best Twitter account and it is for sure Leia. So yeah. I, I see her cussing out Johnny 5.0 on there. I see her making comments about how Tyson's looking over to his trainer after every point, like a 12, like a 12 year old boy. I mean, my God, I, I mean, certainly not things that I would ever post, but man, she doesn't give a shit. And <laughs> some of it is pretty dang funny. The, Ty the Tyson one was pretty funny. So I think, I think it was like Tyson's mullet or something like that. He has his, the mullet has his own account. I don't know if it's Tyson or some fan or whatever, but they were kind of made a, a joke about 
have a Snickers, uh, diabetes, whatever. And she, she didn't like that, I guess. And she mm-hmm. <laughs> had something to say back, but I mean, I, a couple, a couple of her, her tweets, I literally, you know, laugh out loud and it's, it, it's pretty funny stuff. She don't, she, she don't care. She don't care. <laughs> I mean, that's she just it. Care. She, she don't care. Love it. Hate it. Whatever. She don't care. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to say, she's going to say, yeah, if there's on court mics, she's not, she's probably going to get more aggressive to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I respect it. I just, yeah, I think there's a, you know, speaking your minds be, and I don't, she's not doing it to, to she's being her authentic self, which, you know, like it or love it, she's being herself. So full on polarizing hard, hard to be in the middle with her. You like it or uh, you love it or you hate it. And like you yeah. said, I'm here for it. It entertains Same. me as yeah. long as she doesn't, you know, start saying bad things about me, which she hasn't yet. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, okay, Rob, I got, I got a couple of things. This is kind of silly. We'll try it out. And uh, I think we might do it with a couple guests, especially yeah. the ones that really like gambling. So I have three scenarios here. Mm-hmm. three doubles match scenarios yep. what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a line we're gonna make a line for each one and so how okay. that works is you somebody is very favored it's a lopsided matchup minus 200 that means that you have to pay 200 to win 100 if you're plus 200 you wager 100 and you get 200 so you can kind of make the odds here so sure. my matchups to start off rob it's you and either DeHart Child versus Richie Twazen and Tim Parks. What is your line for that match? Richie Twazen, owner of the California Black Bears, Tim Parks, owner of the Hard Eights, and you get either the male or the female DeHart Child, who are pretty good at pickleball, but they are, I don't know, what are they, like eight or ten or something like that? What would you put the line of that match, Rob? Oh... Well, one, I don't, I don't, so what levels are Richie and Tim? Three, five to four, oh, probably. Three, five to four, oh. All right. Mm-hmm. I would, I would take, uh, I got mine written down right here. Take Lily. I would take the female to heart child. Okay. And I would have her, she's able to serve for sure. She's able to probably make most of her returns. I think so. And then I would tell her to run off the court as fast as you can. <laughs> I would. I would. This no, would be my strategy. I, I think that might be optimal strategy at this point. Serve, run off the court. Return, run off the court. Mm-hmm. And then I would play singles, two-on-one. And I, I, I would beat them two-on-one pretty easily. It would just be a matter of, of yeah, the serve and the return. So I would... I think we're I think we're close to an even line. I, I got I got you. I have you minus one seventy five. Okay. Yeah. I so think I have you favored. They're not going to like to hear that. They're not. No, gonna they're, like they're that, not. But. but this is. I mean, Lily. Lily. The serving and the returning is not going to be an issue for Lily. I can't imagine Richie yeah. or Tim have these these killer Tyson McGuffin serves or anything. So uh, I got you at minus one seventy five on that one. Next one. We have myself and Johnny Pickleball Andrews versus Anna Lee Waters and Anna Bright. 
Mm. Juicy. That's fun. Mm-hmm. I is this is this you current day Adam? This, this is me. We're, we're not talking about endurance or whatever. I'll be good to go for whatever the thing is. So, I'll, okay. I'll practice for a week before you know whatever. Couple days. Got whatever. It. But I, I'll, so, I'll be able to finish the match physically uh, for for sure. Two out of three. Two out of three. Two out of three. It's tough. I give you guys. I give you guys slight edge. All right. I I I did a push. I did a push. So you, you'll get. You'll you'll put us minus one twenty five. Yeah. And I then minus one twenty five. Okay. Yep. All right. I like that. And the last one we have. Uh, top. Uh, a very top doubles team and the women's challenger division at MLP, Rachel Summers and Eva Radzikowska mm-hmm. versus James Ignatowicz and Crazy Kathy. <laughs> Crazy Kathy is like a four or five too. So uh, she's yeah. not, she's not nothing. So we got Ignatowicz, Crazy Kathy versus Radzikowska and Rachel Summers. What's your line? I've got Iggy and Kathy at like, at like negative 350. Oh, so it's that heavy. So it's that. I think. I, I think so. No. Okay. So we got. If, crazy if Kathy's a, if Kathy's a if Kathy's a four or five, I would say they're like a negative. Yeah, negative three fifty. Yes. For and for you guys who do not know, Crazy Kathy is the lady that has the cardboard cutouts of all the players and holds them up and yells at all the matches, especially on the APP tour. So, uh, but she is legit. She she always has hardware. She's playing the four five division. She's always got medals, so I think she's legit. And I think you might be right. They might they might steamroll old uh, Summers and Radzikowski. Okay, so that was that was it. That was I like that. That's that's good. That's good fun. Set some lines, and you know if we have someone like you know like Tim or Richie Twazen on eventually, which I think we will, or or someone who's kind of into the betting and gambling, I think they'll get really into that line making. Yeah, this this could. This could be another job for me. I feel like I'm a, I could be a pretty good line maker uh, once we do have gambling on the sport. So just throwing that out there. I threw out yeah. the GM the GM shit and it, it happened for me. So you know, let's go, let's go. Robert. I actually I actually hit up Tim and I was trying to get him on the pod, and he's like, you know, I promised I wouldn't be on podcast. So after <laughs> the next MLP, <laughs> because my mouth can sometimes get me in trouble. Oh yeah. So so he's like. But this is the call up I've been waiting for. Everything else has been a warm up. This is yes. my moment. Yes. I am ready. I am. Oh. I've been waiting for this invite for so long. Uh-huh. I said you're you're going to be our first. You're you're the first episode back after MLP San Clemente. Oh, so so oh, Tim's he's on. Gonna, he's going to get some juicy stuff going. But yeah, I think Rick Chan. Rick Chan, not Tim, cannot go on podcast. Gag he's order. Tim, he's like Tim. Tim a no, gag order. No. <laughs> I can't deal with this anymore. I'm talking to Connor Pardo. I'm trying to smooth <laughs> over all this crap he's saying. I'm like, all right, Rick, we'll we'll save it for we'll, we'll do it after the draft. So after the draft, sure. the second season, he's gonna come on, and uh, man, he's got some really good insights from the deep workings of pickleball and mm, he does exciting stuff. But until then. No podcast for Tim Parks because uh, he's going to get Gagger. in trouble on our. He's, yeah, he's going to get in trouble on our podcast. No one else's. <laughs> so, but his level of excitement's a twelve out of ten to get on the pod. Oh, I know, and and yes, and that uh, that this fifty k match got some pretty funny, uh, pretty funny comments too. So uh, I have no doubt we're going to live stream it 
I don't know when it's going to be at MLP, but but a couple people messaged me about the 50K match. And so it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on keeping it kind of tight today? Oh, what do you mean? Like just like a 50 minute or sounds. Oh, yeah. Funny. No, that's that's great. I got a I got a baby prof trying to take a nap. So I'm like, <laughs> I got a baby. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I mean, he likes to look at ceiling fans. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. We'll probably go on a walk. It seems like when he would go on a walk in the stroller, he falls asleep, but I don't really know what to do. So, you know, just <laughs> shove a binky. Parenting 101. Yeah, yeah, shove a binky in his mouth and hope for the best. Uh, yeah. you know, well, I mean, what can you do as a dad? <laughs> well, it's cool. Yeah, it was great seeing, uh, seeing little AJ. Yep, the little nugget who in uh, 10 or 11 years will be better than AJ Kohler at Pickleball. So I think uh, that's a, that we should do the line on that real quick. Yeah, we should do the line. Yeah, it could be. Let's, let's give it, let's give it to 12 years old, 12 years old. And then in 12 years, Kohler is going to be, Kohler will be what, like late forties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Late forties. Yeah. It's pretty close. You know, who knows? Uh, good jeans, good pickleball jeans. Yeah. He, he, he should have good. I, I'm not so sure about the height, but the hand eye yeah. coordination should be pretty good. So, I mean, I just want him to be five ten. If he's just yeah. 5'10", that's plenty good. That's plenty good. So, that's, uh, yeah. all right. Enjoyed it, brother. Uh, let's yep. let's get back going next week. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with a guest. We'll have a guest. We don't uh, – I mean, I think our I think our fans love us, but they, they probably don't want to go back-to-back <laughs> twice. So Guests uh, are fun. Guests are yeah, fun. Guests yeah, are we'll fun. S- we'll see what um, – I. Ch- oh, you know, Connor Garnett gave me a little shout-out. He had a great run in San Clemente. He was going to try to get him on this morning for a little cameo. But, look – we're East coast. He's West coast. It's early for him. I think I texted him at 4 AM. Sorry, Connor, <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> tried to get him on just cause he'd be fun. Also tried to get big H on because big H man, I don't know if he's even been on any podcasts and that kid's got more swagger than either of us combined Adam. So that's, it would be fun sure. to have a uh, big H on. So maybe, maybe we'll get big H next week. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, until then, uh, good luck this weekend, buddy. And I'll just you, sir. keep doing incredible amounts of domesticated things. <laughs> All right. Later, guys. Later, guys. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.